I always look forward to this conversation on WTMG. Now he joins us almost once a month from Marquette University. He always fun, always cheerful. Always talking about good basketball teams. <laughs> Mike Lovell joins us. Uh, thanks for having me, Steve. Absolutely. And you always bring great guests, and today is uh, no exception from the political science department at Marquette University. Amber Wachowski, professor, doctor, welcome. Thanks so much. So I want to start with you, Amber, professor. Um, tell us about the program you launched at Marquette University called Civic Dialogues. In this year of politics, election 2024, Talk about the origin of that and some of the things you guys are talking about. Absolutely. So Marquette Civic Dialogues program is now in its third year. Uh, we started really in response to two trends. One is rising what we political scientists call affective polarization, which is really the rise of disdain for the other side. So we're motivated in our attitudes, our behavior, less by what we want, but more by what we don't like, um, particularly from the other political party. The second trend, and it's a related one, which is growing discomfort with political disagreement. And we would see that on our campus and in our classrooms. How does it manifest? What, what do you see? Yeah, certainly. Students feeling less comfortable sharing their ideas, getting into healthy political disagreement and debate. I've been teaching at Marquette since 2011. When I started, students were... Uh, they embraced it, that sort of political back-and-forth give-and-take. In recent years, it's been less so. Students feeling very concerned about whether it's cancel culture or what they're going to say, that it's going to be deemed as something that is their totality of who they are, that they can't make mistakes. And I'm concerned that that sort of discourse, is, it really flattens difference. It doesn't get to the nuance and the complexities of issues. So the Civic Dialogues program is about developing good civic skills and giving students opportunities to practice them. As part of that program, you bring in a guest that professionally disagree, hopefully not personally disagree. How, ha how has bringing those professionals from both sides of the political argument contributed to your knowledge, your education of, of the appreciation of respectful dialogue in politics. Yeah, absolutely. So the program has two parts, and one part is bringing speakers to campus who can model productive disagreement. Um, in our first year, we brought uh, two people. One was a Marquette alum, Michael Strain from the American Enterprise Institute, and the other one was Betsy Stevenson, an economist who was in the Obama administration. And they came to campus to debate the American dream and the ways in which the government was responding to the pandemic, to rising inflation, um, various issues of public policy. And what was so great about that event was that it showed how people can disagree in productive ways, but also to show that there are areas, even for people who disagree on many issues, can still find common ground on some, and that it is worth engaging in that conversation. After that event, I had two students come up to me. These two students are from opposite ends of the political spectrum. They came up to me and they said, you know what, Dr. Wachowski, that's going to be us in 20 years. The two of us are going to be up on that stage because they had formed a, a civic friendship. Again, they didn't agree on everything, but they came to see the purpose and the value in having those connections. I love that story because it often starts with a simple conversation, even from two really disparate political sides of the aisle. President Lovell, you, you have produced, your institution yeah. produces politicians from both sides of the political aisle. What about Marquette? Their education and experience unites them in, in the really diverse world of politics today. You know, it's um, you know a fun fact is that uh, twenty percent of, of Congress 
is Jesuit educated. You know, we are a Catholic institution, and I really think it's our focus on the liberal arts and humanities, and how we educate. You know, people to be good citizens and to, and to serve others, and and it's more than that because to be a politician, you have to be good at critical thinking. You have to be able to communicate, you know, well with others. And, um, you know, and you also have to be hopefully ethical. And those are all things that are a hallmark of, of, a, of our education. And, you know, we really, you know, and, and, and I think Amber's a great example is, is what she does in the classroom. We teach students to learn how to think and not what to think. And, I, you know, I think, again, that's that's really important. And then, as I said before, our commitment to service, you know, our students do over 500,000 hours of service every year, you know, in our community. And so individuals who that becomes part of who they are, you know, to be a politician is really to try to serve your constituents or serve society. So I think it's a very natural step, you know, for some of our graduates to get into politics. I love that real life example of touching the community because often, even in, in educational institutions, we talk about these things that are happening, but when you can actually get into the community, that real life experience can shape those future politicians or whatever they end up being. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Uh, Professor Wachowski, uh, you have talked, we have talked with the President Lovell about the RNC, the big event happening in Milwaukee yeah. this summer in the mid-July. As a political scientist, somebody who lives this, this role every day in your educational experience, have you taken some of what's going to happen and tied it into your educational experiences and what you're, you're teaching the young people at Marquette? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll highlight two, maybe three things. With the Civic Dialogues program, I'm really excited. Um, we'll be partnering with Milwaukee PBS where we will be hosting a series of dialogue dinners in the community where we're bringing diverse groups of southeastern Wisconsinites together to talk about some of the important issues as we head into the RNC in 2024, whether it's education, immigration, climate change, democracy. So I'm excited about that programming that we're going to be doing and building those connections um, with members of the community. The second is another hat I wear is that I teach political science and one of the classes that I'm teaching this semester is urban public policy. And so in that class, we are looking at the issue from a different perspective, different angle. What's the different perspective? The different perspective would be, what does it take for cities to bring a major event, whether it's the DNC back in 2020 or the RNC to Milwaukee here in 2024? Um, what is it about cities like um, Milwaukee and what benefits might they see after having these big events? here um, in our community. President Lovell, you have the Les Aspen Center for Government in Washington, D.C. city I love a bit too many times. What is it that that brings, and what do the students gain for that experience they get and gather in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I, you know, our Les Aspen Center in, in the Academic Program here, there's really a flagship of uh, what uh, Market has to offer. As a matter of fact, before I came to Marquette, I was always jealous that I was not an institution that had a campus, you know, on Capitol Hill. And so our students get to take their classes, you know, just a few blocks from the hill. We actually have a residence hall there as well. And the great thing about it is, is that then they get to intern, you know, in the Capitol or in other agencies uh, nearby. And you know, so many of our students get transformed by that experience. Because again, it's it's very practical, very real. And if you've ever you know visited a politician, you know I always come away feeling that the country is being run by twenty year olds. Because you see, the, the, really, a lot of the line shares the work the students are executing on, on behalf of our of our political leaders. And so, 
to be that close, you know, sometimes I don't think they don't understand how lucky they are. Because if you've been three blocks from the Clapple, you know what kind of neighborhood that is. And for them to be able to live there, pay more cat tuition, and they actually pay our same room and board, even though they're staying in these. these how many these students places. go through that program? Usually about uh, 20 to 30 a semester. You know, wow. it depends. And, and we also have programs in the summer as well. Uh, we're joined on WTMG now by the president of Market University, Mike Lovell, and from the political science department, Professor Amber Wachowski. So, Amber, one of the professor, I should say, one of your areas of expertise is public opinion polling. You you collaborated in a project called. I can see if I can get this right. Electurator. Oh, you got it. Electurator ahead of the 2020 presidential election, which we've all talked a lot about, especially those of us on the radio. UN UW Milwaukee's co-director of the Northwestern Mutual Data Science Institute collaborated to use social media as a polling mechanism for the election. Can you talk a little bit about what went into that? and what you learned from that project. Yeah, that was um, quite a project because, of course, it was interrupted by the pandemic in March 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that project, we were tracking um, how folks on then Twitter were talking about politics as we were heading into the DNC. So we developed an issue tracker, looking at what are the issues as they're rising and falling on the agenda. And then we also fielded public opinion surveys um, people who tweet about politics or post about politics are they're rare birds, if you will. They, uh, How, so? Not, How so? Uh, they are younger, uh, more liberal, and much more politically interested. So we were curious. You've got this active electorate on social media talking about politics. You've got candidates out on the campaign trail talking about the issues in politics. And then you've got regular voters, you know, and thinking about what are the issues that are top of mind for them. So we were tracking those dynamics over the course of the nomination battle. How accurate is it? So this was so much fun. I'll just give, it's a very rich project. You can imagine we had millions Mm -hmm. of tweets that we were analyzing. Um, So I'll just give some high level uh, points here. One, um, the the first thing, I, I will say that this dynamic came up before the summer, before all of the protests around George Floyd's um, uh, death and the sort of protests that we saw across the country, when we were looking at the Democratic nomination, the issue that just was popping on social media was civil rights and discrimination, racial equality, gender equality, LGBTQ rights. What we saw in terms of the dynamics over time was that it was people on Twitter tweeting about those issues and then the candidates and then the news media responding. In that sense, a sort of bottom-up dynamic. You can contrast that to health care or the economy, much more typical campaign dynamic where the candidates would talk about things and the public responds. And then the one final issue I'll note here is immigration. Immigration was an issue heading into 2020. We really thought we'd see a lot of discussion on social media, public opinion data just wasn't there. And of course, we saw that come come the election outcome. It just wasn't a top issue for either the Trump or the Biden campaigns. It is kind of an amazing thing that given the, the power of social media, most everyone's connected to it in some way, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or X, formerly known as Twitter, that we, we can now use that information, those tweets, those posts, those comments, those videos as a tool to sort of gather some information about how the the politics of our country is doing. It's a fascinating look at something that a lot of people don't even take seriously. Uh, President Lovell, we're joined in studio, of course, by President Lovell. We're just going to go one long second because I love talking to you guys, okay. and I want to break it up for commercials. Sounds good. President Mike Lovell from Marquette and from the Political Science Department, Professor Amber Wachowski. Um, for President Lovell, 
Um, everybody knows about the market law, Marquette Law School poll. It's the gold standard, as they say. I've, I've talked to Charles Franklin, the director, on my show, on my podcast. Love talking to him. I love how he breaks it down for us. When we're talking about polling and the presidential election, I just saw the Market Law School poll was rated number three in the country by 538 and is noted, this is kind of a cool distinction, the most transparent poll in the country. Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible stuff. Why is it important for Marquette's or universities, for that matter, to engage in the political discourse through polling like that. Yeah, so you know, our poll isn't always just about politics. Too sometimes, it's, many times, it's about issues that we're debating either here locally or, or nationally. And you know, we believe that because of our poll, we are looked at as a thought leader from across the country. And the great thing about it is, is that they do such a good job of being nonpartisan and being unbiased and trying to be independent. And so, people, when we have the results of the poll. People take it as really as the gospel. And, you know, for Marquette University, for people all over the country looking to our poll, that's great for our university, you know, and it's also, I also believe it's providing information for people to make informed decisions. You know, if you're a politician, you understand the way the public feels about something, you know, you're probably going to be swayed to do one thing or another. Do you get a first look at it before the rest of us do? No, I find out when everybody <laughs> no. else does. Even as the president of the university? No, no, look? no, that's the independence that Charles they Charles maintains yeah. the standard. That's, that's why he's so good. All right, uh, it's a fascinating conversation. I'm actually going to extend the conversation with uh, Professor Wachowski. After this, because I want to talk to her on my podcast, which you can find at Decision Wisconsin podcast page on WTMJ.com or wherever you get your podcast. But I like to end them on sort of a fun note. And I'll start with you, Professor. Um, what's your favorite way? This is kind of the weird winter to ask this to enjoy winter in Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, well, I think President Lovell is going to like my answer here. Um, I'm a runner. And I try to get outside nearly every day. I need the, I need to see that sunlight. Um, I will just echo the Danes have a saying: "There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing." So mm-hmm. I think you can run, you can bike year round. Are you in no limits? Like when I was a runner, which is now a long time ago, I would go out in, in snowstorms. Are you that kind of runner? Like committed? Like yeah. The only thing that gives me a little pause is when there's ice. Yeah. You, know, you can put those yak tracks and other right. things on your shoe. Right. That that is the one thing that will give me pause. But it is not the wind or the cold. I will just put gear on and I'll head out. Have you, have you run a marathon? Half marathon. Okay. Well, there's still a, a goal there then. President Lovell, I know you love to run. Oh. You tell me about it all the time. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, favorite winter enjoyment? So you, you know, can't say I, running because I know stole I, that, I, right? which exactly. Um, so I love winter because it's basketball season. Oh yeah, you know, and you know, um, having sat next to you, I know how much you enjoy it. Yes, and so, uh, yeah, so getting to go to games, um, you know, is, is something that I, I really enjoy and seeing our our young men and women compete. You know, on the floor is fantastic, and you know we're heading into National Marquette Day, so we're pretty excited about what's ahead. That's perfectly appropriate as the president of the university. I, I, I will tell this quick story. So you, you invited me to one of the games. I sat next to you on the court. I don't know if everybody realizes it, but he gets the stats like handed to him constantly. So he always knows what's the uh, the real life nuts and bolts of what's happening on the court. How long has that been going on? Since I since I started here. Is that something you asked for or they just yeah. started doing it? So one game, uh, we were actually we were down in Florida, a tournament in Orlando, and I was sitting right behind uh, the this, this scoring table. And... When Scott Kuykendall, our, our, our media guy, was there, and I asked him for the stats, and he gave it, started giving it to me that game. And then now, 
he actually he walks around the the whole the whole floor and gives the stats to the to the announcers, but then comes around my way and gives me a set of stats. So. Very nice. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, you always have great programs at Marquette, not just basketball, other programs as well. President Mike Lovell from the Political Science Department, Professor Dr. Amber Wachowski, my pleasure to meet you and extended conversation with you on our podcast, Decision Wisconsin, which will be available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now.